One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 155. Happy New Year. Oh my gosh, 2023 is here. For whatever reason, this year really has snuck up on me. One day I was painting ornaments to sell at a holiday market in December, and before I knew it, a few weeks had gone by, and now it's January 3rd. I'm sitting here with my hot chicory coffee at 9 p.m. at night, putting together my thoughts for this episode, which I have three hours left to get it out on time. So what can I say? I work well under pressure. Before I say goodbye to 2022, I've been doing some reflecting and thinking. And like every year, I've realized that I've learned a lot this year. And so that's what I'm going to share with you today. A list of 10 things that I learned in 2022. But before we get into it, a quick update to let you know that I will be reopening the doors to my membership program, Making Good Happen, in the next couple of weeks. If you want to make sure to be in the loop for that, you can join the waitlist at makinggoodpodcast.com slash waitlist. This membership is for small business owners who want to do more effective marketing more consistently and be part of truly the best community of small business owners there is. This crew is amazing, and I would love to have you join. So to get more details about when you can join again, head to makinggoodpodcast.com slash waitlist. Okay, so let's jump into today's episode. Again, we're talking about the 10 things that I learned, or in some cases, relearned in 2022. While I am always brushing up on my business and marketing skills, this episode isn't about latest tips in email marketing or copywriting. It's about the mindset and overall philosophy that we approach our businesses, work, and even lives with. Because that is the stuff that I think makes the biggest difference in the results that we end up seeing. I often think about owning a small business as the ultimate experience in personal growth. And I'm not new to the world of personal growth. I have spent most of my life interested in the topic. I used to go to Barnes and Noble for hours as a teenager, reading everything I could get my hands on about how to be a better, more successful, happier person. I think my entry point was chicken soup for the soul. But when it comes to big transformative life lessons and change, nothing comes close to what I've learned from being a small business owner, especially when it comes to mindset and creating a mental approach to business that sets us up for success. Every year, I learned so many new things that I can bring with me into what lies ahead. And I thought this year, I would share them with you too. So hopefully you can take something from here with you as you move forward and into the year to come. Let's get right into number one, which is one of my favorite lessons on this list. Number one is enthusiasm is contagious. Here's the truth. When you're excited about something, it shows. 
This year, I've been really digging into something that I've been calling energy marketing. I've talked a lot about this in my membership program, and I'll do an episode about it here at some point. But the basic concept is that the way we communicate in our business conveys energy, whether it's the way we write, the imagery we use, the the gifts, the emojis, the punctuation, our marketing communicates energy. My favorite energy to use in my marketing and the one that is actually the most fun from the point of view of creating is enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is contagious. When you see someone who's really excited about something, it makes you excited about it too. I was just at a party a few days ago and someone there was telling me about her aura sleep tracking ring and I wanted to immediately go home and buy it. In fact, I am planning to. That's how powerful her enthusiasm was. This is something that I love to use in my marketing content. I'll ask myself questions like, what am I really excited about right now? And I write about that. More often than not, the content that I write or the products I create from this place of genuine, unforced excitement are the ones that do the best because energy and especially enthusiasm is contagious. The second thing I've learned this year is community is powerful. Running a business is hard. There are long hours for many of us. There can be late nights. There are emotional ups and downs. There are things that go really well and things that really don't go well. And there's one thing that makes all of this better, community. I used to think that because I'm an introvert that I really didn't need to involve anyone else in my business. But the reality is I have gained so much from getting together with other small business owners and chatting with them, getting advice and sharing advice, networking, celebrating wins and being there for the low moments and just being there every day. It really has made a world of difference for me and for so many other small business owners I know. I have really seen the power of it in a whole new light this year with making good happen. And I just want to encourage everyone that you prioritize finding and invest time in your community, wherever that is for you. It makes this journey so much less lonely and so much more fun. The third thing I've learned this year is that how we work matters. As a relatively new parent, I have a 20 month old. I'm still learning how to balance work life with my family life. And I'm going to be honest, I still have some work to do in this department for sure. I love my work. And so I often work way too much at the expense of taking care of myself or even spending time with my family. But one thing that has really helped me in this department is getting really, really conscious about the conditions that I work in, and especially when I work. This year, I did a lot of looking at my work habits, and I made some real significant changes when it comes to how I work. I realized that although my most productive, efficient hours of the day were from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m., I was wasting all of that time because I stayed up into the night working because I had so much to do and then ended up getting a late start. This was a vicious cycle. Now I use a lot more of that time more effectively. Most of the time I get up between 5 and 6 and from 6 to 10, I get focused, quiet work time. I also have rearranged my desk so that I can look out the window. And for the most part, I've done a better job at keeping my studio and my office tidy, even though right now it is still in post-holiday mayhem. It is at the top of my list, though, to get it back in shape because I know that my surroundings matter. The point here is by realigning my workday so that I'm giving myself as much of my peak work time as possible, I'm able to get a lot more done in less time. And also by creating the conditions for myself that make myself work most effectively. 
I would encourage everyone to really think about the time of day they're most efficient and effective, as well as the other working conditions and space that works best for them, and then try to create that for themselves as much as possible. The fourth thing I've learned is that there is no one right way to do anything in business. Going about life, and especially as a business owner, it can feel like there are a lot of unspoken rules about how things should go. And actually, there's a lot of people in business who outright state all of the things that we should or shouldn't be doing. But the fact is, as long as you're following the law and paying your taxes and being kind and respectful in general, there's no one right way to do anything, especially in business. There are successful businesses with no social media accounts and successful businesses who do all their business on social media. There are happy business owners who work 50 hours a week, and there are happy business owners who work 10 hours a week. There are people who plan out a year's worth of content at once and people who fly by the seat of their pants every day. The best way to approach just about anything in your business and life is by figuring out what works best and feels best for you and for your business and giving yourself full permission to lean into that. The fifth thing I've learned this year is that asking for help is a superpower. So here's a lesson I'm still learning because asking for help is really hard for me but I have seen the power in this enough that I wanted to share it with you. I'm one of those people that doesn't like to ask for help because I always think that I'm strong enough, quote unquote, strong enough to do it by myself. But this, I can do it all by myself approach to business and life isn't necessary because the truth is that people want to help. And also, I'm often simply not the best person for the job. In many ways, I think it requires more strength to know when to ask for help than to try to shoulder everything on our own. Whatever you need, whether it's support, advice, a couple of hours of help organizing your office, your partner to take on some extra parenting or chores one weekend, just ask. I've been amazed at how receptive the people in my life are when I find the willingness to ask for help. The sixth thing I've learned this year is if you want it, create it. Years ago, I was cruising around on Pinterest, probably looking for home decor ideas, and I stumbled upon a little quote tile. It said, magic is something you make. It was one of those light bulb moments for me. This phrase, magic is something you make, has been stuck in my head ever since then. Whether it's your product made by hand, or it's your business overall, or it's creating a membership full of the most incredible business owners imaginable, if there's something that you want, you have to go out there and make it happen yourself. A little over a year ago, I was dreaming of a small business community of big-hearted, generous, kind, warm small business owners to go through this small business journey with, and I couldn't find it. So I decided to start one, despite having a lot of fear about whether anyone would join or it would be of any interest. And I just have to say, it has become my favorite place on the internet, making good happen, and I am so glad I decided to go do it myself. The seventh thing I've learned this year is that success is what happens when you keep going. When things don't go as well as we had hoped, or even when we experience a letdown of some kind, it's easy to consider that a failure. As a business owner, we are constantly trying new things, new products, new offers, new ways of marketing. Some of these are going to work a lot better than others. And the fact is, for just about all of us, there are going to be some flops, some things that don't go well. Don't get me wrong, it sucks when you put your effort and love into something and only hear crickets in response. But what I've seen so many times this year, and myself and a lot of other small business owners that I work with, 
is that success is what happens when you keep going, especially after things don't go as planned. For most small business owners, it takes a while to start seeing the traction and the results that you want. It usually takes longer than we expected or want. What I've noticed is that if you keep going, if you try things, if you learn from what didn't go well, make tweaks, and then keep going, you will find success. The eighth thing I've learned this year is that it's okay to put things on the back burner. So this year, I've been getting the same question over and over again. How do you do it all? And I always say right away, I don't. I really don't. I realize that it might appear that way because I have a few different businesses and also a toddler, but I am never doing them all at 100% effort. I am able to keep these multiple businesses running because I have a lot of help. Childcare for Casey and an incredible partner in Kate, a tiny but mighty team of folks who work at Station 7, a manager at Station 7, hey Jamie, those folks also at Station 7 help with Good Sheila, and I also have help with the podcast, hey Corinne. But the more helpful answer to this question, how do you do it all, besides I don't and I have a lot of help, is this. I realize that sometimes I need to put things on the back burner, meaning I generally have the vast majority of my focus on one thing at a time and other things are just kind of on pause. If I'm focused on making good happen, I accept that I personally am not going to be doing as much with Good Sheila or Station 7. Over the holidays, Station 7 is our big revenue generator and I put much more of my focus there. I've noticed that I see the best results when I am primarily focused on one thing at a time. So I do that. I understand that if I'm focused on one thing primarily, other things are going to get less of my attention. It's been super empowering to realize that it's simply not possible to give 100% of your effort to more than one task. We only have 100%. So I've become comfortable with allowing my priorities to shift over time. Yes, I have three businesses, but they are not all getting 100% of my effort and energy. That's just not possible. Currently, making good happen tends to get the most of my attention, then Station 7, and then Good Sheila. And that's okay for me right now. The ninth thing I've learned is that it's okay to change your plan. When it comes to making plans, I think a lot of us have some baggage here. Many of us have made a lot of plans in the past that we haven't stuck to over the years. New Year's resolutions, I'm looking at you. And when we don't stick to those plans, we can often feel like we failed somehow. But this year, I've had a serious aha moment around that. And that is that it's okay to change your plan. Plans are helpful when it comes to turning an idea or a dream into something actionable that has a path forward. But there's no rule book stating that plans can't change. And so what I've noticed is that pretty much always my plans change. Sometimes I see that I've been overly ambitious and I don't have the time and energy for the full scale of my original plan and I need to dial it back. Sometimes the plan I made isn't getting the results that I wanted. And so we need to go make some changes to the plan for it to work better. Sometimes things that are outside of my control happen and the plan needs to change for those reasons. Just because a plan needs to change, though, doesn't mean anyone failed or even that it didn't serve its purpose. It's just how it goes. So giving myself permission to make plans and then change them later has been such an act of self-compassion that I want to encourage everyone to try on for size. Even this very week, I plan to open the doors to making good happen this week. And I just realized over the holiday break that I needed more time to decompress. So I changed my plan, communicated it to the people who needed to know, and we're good. 
The 10th thing that I want to share that I learned this year is that imperfectionism is where the magic happens. I have a long history as a perfectionist. For a lot of my life, I even thought perfectionism was a strength, and I almost even prided myself on being a perfectionist. But over the years, I've really come to see that it has held me back in big ways. Basically, being a perfectionist made me play small. I didn't put things out into the world. I didn't put myself out there. I didn't show up, all for fear of not being able to be the best at what I did. Well, there is an inherent bummer in this approach to life, and that's that you don't really grow because you're hardly ever putting yourself into situations where you're trying something new. Because trying something new usually means doing something that you're not great at to start. And we don't like to do things that we're not good at if we are perfectionists. So over the years, I've let my perfectionism hold me back from applying for jobs, sharing my work, learning new skills, putting my hat into the ring for things, so many things. Over the last five-ish years that I've been in business, I've gotten better and less perfectionistic, especially since starting this podcast. But I have still noticed perfectionism getting in my way until I did something big in 2022. I committed to creating a podcast episode every single weekday, Monday through Friday, for my membership program, Making Good Happen. They're not full-length episodes for the most part. They tend to be short and sweet, but I do prepare something for each one rather than wing it, and it takes time. But you know what? It takes me so much less time than it could because I consciously do it imperfectly. What I've realized is that even if I publish an episode where you can hear Casey screaming in the background or Puff barking here and there, it doesn't make the content any less valuable. If there's something I could have worded differently or more elegantly or a different example I could have shared if I would have spent more time perfecting the episode, it actually doesn't make the content any less valuable. If I were to do just one episode per week and devote the same amount of time to that one episode than I do to the five episodes that I actually put out per week, could I make that one episode closer to perfect? Definitely. But let's look at that. So I've released 264 episodes of the private podcast so far. If I had only released episodes weekly, I would have only released 52 episodes so far. Would those 52 episodes have been more polished and closer to quote unquote perfect? Sure. But then there would be over 200 episodes that I never would have released. And I'm guessing there's a bunch of good stuff in those episodes too. In fact, I know there is. I don't think it'll come as a surprise, but the number one thing that has helped me be intentionally imperfect is accountability. Committing to the members of Making Good Happen that I was going to release a podcast every single day puts some gentle pressure on me, and it makes me willing to do it imperfectly rather than let them all down. Overall, 2022 has taught me that being willing to do things imperfectly is such a gift that you can give to yourself and your audience, because when you allow yourself to create and put things out into the world, even when you know or you believe that they're not perfect, You're allowing someone else to get some value from what you have to offer, and you're giving yourself the opportunity to get a tiny bit better each time. Finally, you're taking action, which I'm convinced is the single most important thing you can do as a small business owner, just taking action over and over again. So that is my list of 10 things that I learned from 2022 in business. To recap, here they are again. Number one, enthusiasm is contagious. Number two, community is powerful. Number three, how we work matters. Number four, there's no one right way to do anything in business. Number five, asking for help is a superpower. Number six, if you want it, you should create it. 
Number seven, success is what happens when you keep going. Number eight, it's okay to put things on the back burner. Number nine, it's okay to change your plan. And number 10, imperfectionism is where the magic happens. So those are my 10 big lessons from this year. I hope there is something in here that you could take away and into your business and life as you move forward. However, I guarantee that you've learned some things of your own, and I really want to encourage you to give yourself the gift of reflecting on that through your wins, large and small, and even more so through the challenges that you experienced. There is so much to learn from 2022. So do some thinking and then let me know if you would, what would you add to my list that you learned in 2022? Connect with me on Instagram at Lauren Tilden. You can find the show notes from this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 155. That's 155. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful to have your support. Here are three ways that you can give back to Making Good. First, I'd be honored if you would leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe and follow along. If you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast, you can send them the link. This episode is at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 155. And finally, you can take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening to this episode and share it on social media, tagging me at Lauren Tilden. I would so love to connect with you. Finally, if you're interested in learning more about Making Good Happen, my membership community for small business owners who want to do better, more consistent marketing, hop on the waitlist at makinggoodpodcast.com slash waitlist. It is opening up very, very soon. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.